The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Buckle up. Today's show is going to be all over the map, but I'm going to end up talking about prepping. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I really appreciate it. Well, I have kind of an eclectic show today. It's going to be a little of this and a little of that. Well, hay season for me has started. It started a couple weeks ago. I was putting up last year's hay that was, it was still standing, but of course it had died last fall. But I finally started cutting new crop yesterday, and I had a neighbor pull in the yard last week, and he asked if I wanted to buy a tractor from him. I told him, well, I really wasn't in the market for a tractor, but he told me he had a Farmall H, and I happen to have a Farmall H, and I like it. And so we went around on price a little bit. Anyway, I rode my bicycle that I converted into a motorbike up to get the tractor, And I hadn't seen the tractor before. He explained it just fine, and I was comfortable buying it from him on just his word. And it turns out that it's a 1944 model, and I already have another 1944, so that's my second 1944 model. And considering that next year it's its 80th birthday, 
most people wouldn't think of making part of their living with something that old, but I have no problem with it if it runs. And it started right up and has great oil pressure and no smoke and and so far so good. Well, I got it home and cleaned it up and put a new fuel bowl gasket in it and greased it up and added new fluids to the transmission and got it all ready to go. And today was its big debut. And all I'd done before was drive it home, and I drove it not at full throttle because I didn't want to push it because I didn't know about the fluids. I knew it had oil, but I didn't know about transmission, so I just took it home pretty slow. Well, today I ran it at full speed, and wow. I didn't know that Farmall had different versions of the H. I've got to do some studying on this because this tractor is fast. If it was any faster... I take it out to the speedway and enter it in the weekend races out there because this thing is a speed burner. And I could move my machinery much faster with this tractor, so I was pretty happy. Well, then I got to the field with it, and it's in a bunch of hills. And I kept dropping it down to gear, and I dropped it down to a field gear, still too fast. Dropped it down another gear, still too fast. Dropped it down to low gear. And low gear on this H is about the equivalent of fourth gear out of five of my other H. In other words, the H I had is slow, and this one's fast. So it doesn't have any low end on it at all, so you can't plow with it. You can't pull anything really heavy with it because it's just too fast. Well, as luck would have it, that's the only tractor I could get to today, and I was baling hay in the hills, and I thought, wow, that's much too fast to bale hay. But I thought, well, I'm going to give it a go and see how much trouble I have. And I found out if I throttled it down to where it was just barely above an idle, that I could go slow enough to, within reason, bail my hay. But what I really didn't understand was the power takeoff is also high speed. And everything I have is 540 PTO, is 540 revolutions per minute. And I don't know what this one is, but it's sure no 540. I turned on my old baler, and my baler's 76 years old, and it takes it six seconds to go through its cycle when it's wrapping a bale, because it's a little round baler, little Alice Chalmers roto baler. Well, it was going through its cycle in about two seconds. That's how much faster. I looked back at my baler, and my baler was back there just jumping around, looked like it was going to fly into a million pieces. And I thought, wow, this isn't going to work. Never seen that baler work like that before, that's for sure. But it wrapped the bale just fine, and thought, well, I won't try that again. So I kept idling it down and idling it down to where it was just barely had any fuel going to it at all. And then the PTO speed was about right. And so I was able to bale my hay, but I really had to be on a growth curve and relearn how to use a tractor that's way too fast to bale hay, especially when I was going up hills and down hills. And I made my windrows great big and fat because I usually just crawl through them real slow. Well, if I use this tractor again for baling, I'm definitely going to make my windrows smaller. But since I have two of these things, I thought I'd give this one a name. I thought of a real cool name, calling Race. But since it hasn't had any paint on it since Nixon was president, the thing's just rusty brown, I figured I'd call him Lickety Split. That fits him a lot better. But you don't tune in about to hear about my exploits with old tractors. But things are in full swing. 
and it's going to take a lot of my attention as far as my research and things. Plus, my internet is not working, and I've got to get a hold of the company and find out what's going on. I've troubleshot the whole system, and everything seems to be working, except I have no internet. Such are the joys of country living. But that's okay. I have a friend that is allowing me to go in and use internet, and I'm sure thankful for that. And so I'm able to upload my shows and do some research. Well, I'm going to start off by talking about foraged food just for a minute or two. It seems like that people are really hung up on the word weeds. Take that word weeds and throw it away. These are vegetables. These plants I described to you are vegetables. Now, since they're not commercially grown, they're not officially a vegetable, but I don't care if somebody officially calls it a vegetable or not. They're vegetables. Anyway, I'm going to have Russian thistles tonight. And Russian thistles, you have to cut away the leafy part that has the stickers, the spines on the end, and just eat the stalk. And you eat it like you would celery or broccoli. You just dip it in ranch dressing or something, whatever you prefer. You chill it for about 20 or 30 minutes and then go ahead and use a dip and or not. They taste great, plain. But I harvested up a nice bunch of that tonight, and that's going to be part of my meal. I haven't decided what else to do, but... So I want to tell you that if you do have thistles, especially Russian thistles, I know they're a nuisance. I know they're horrid. They take over areas. They are something that's really not desirable. Even though they are very pretty, they're dark green leaves with silver edge to them and a beautiful flower, but they're just not desirable to have. But if you have a small patch of it, instead of spraying it, go ahead and take a shovel and chop it off right at ground level and then take it in with gloves, of course, and process it. And if you're kind of on the fence of whether you want to even try it or not, well, be brave and give one a bite. Make sure you take all of the sticker part off and just try it. You'll find that it has the texture of celery and it tastes a little bit like celery, but it's not near as strong as celery. So you might call it celery light. That might be the best way to describe it. But as you have one bite, you feel that crunch and the texture, which is extremely like celery, you know full well that you're biting into a vegetable. And so I hope that there are people that are trying foraging this year, because if Russia is not playing a game, if this Russia-Ukraine debacle is just set up to create the perfect condition for the New World Order, and Putin and all the rest of them are in on it, if that's the case, well, we're going to have to learn how to forage anyway, because remember, you'll own nothing and be happy, and, and you'll eat the bugs. And I'm going to do neither. I'm going to own what I want to own, and I'm going to be happy owning it, and I'm not going to eat the bugs. I'm going to let Klaus Schwab have my share, and Bill Gates can have someone else's share for dessert. But, of course, those people will not eat bugs. They want that to be for us peasants. But I think way too many people have died on Russia's side as well as Ukraine for that to be a smokescreen or a hoax. Of course, they don't care how many people die, especially if you're Ukrainian. The Russians don't care how many Ukrainian men they kill. and The United States and the rest of the NATO countries, they sure don't care how many Ukrainian men get killed. It seems like the only people that 
care about whether Ukrainian men get killed or not are the families of the people who are getting killed, which is absolutely an atrocity that the United States and the UK and other Western nations are fighting Russia, but using the blood of Ukraine. It's just beyond evil. But if it's for real, which I think it is, I think that Russia is dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. They're going to make sure that when they do what they're planning on doing, which is pushing the button with nuclear weapons on the other end, that history will go down, and of course it'll blame them for pushing the button. But it will also blame the other side that caused Russia to be backed into a corner to where they felt like they had no option but to push the button. When you have all these quote-unquote elites that are coming out publicly and saying that Russia will be erased, and they're going to divide it up among a lot of different groups and go in and take all the resources. In other words, they're going to colonize Russia, just like they colonized China at one time and colonized Africa and United States and South America, all these colonies. The French were horrid. The English were horrid. The Spanish and the Portuguese were horrid. They went in and did all sorts of things to the local population and took their resources. Well, it seems like that Russia is the biggest plum on the tree right now. And so they're saying they're going to go in and divide Russia up. They're going to make it dissolve. Well, Russia's got something to say about that, and what they have to say about it is not going to be pleasant. But I've come to the conclusion that the elites want a nuclear strike. They want millions of people to die in this. They really do. And then they think they're going to come out of their bunkers and have this pristine world, and they're going to be in charge. It's all going to be sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And We really have some whack jobs who are the quote-unquote elites. Like Jane Fonda says that white men need to be in prison. Well, just a little side note on Jane Fonda, and I know this is a little bit disgusting, a little gross, but it worked for me. In my music career, I played a lot of events, and I played an event in Arizona. It was at a Veteran of Foreign Wars Club, a VFW. And inside the bathroom, they have their normal fixtures, the toilets and the urinals and so forth. And some brave soul had went in every toilet and every urinal and put a picture of Jane Fonda and stuck it to the porcelain at the bottom of each one of the facilities. And so no matter what you went into that bathroom to do, you did it on Jane Fonda. And I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And that's what I think of Jane Fonda, and that's what I think of her wanting to arrest me and others like me. I just think back that there's a bathroom in Arizona that everybody takes aim at Jane Fonda. And I hope you weren't eating when I described what was going on, but I thought you'd get a kick out of it. But it seems to me that Russia is getting everything ready legally and also historically, that they can have as clear of a conscience as they possibly can to do what even they think is unthinkable. But I think that they have weighed their options, and their option seems to be 
roll over and die and have your country just absolutely ravaged by these elites in the West and have them bring in the transgender and all this other and all this other cultural rot or go down swinging die with your boots on and i think that's what russia is going to do i think it's going to be really soon because every day things escalate just a little bit more now i've been out of the loop a little bit cuz my internet's down but it's my understanding that Russia is only just a breath away from declaring war on Great Britain. And with the lousy economy that England is suffering through right now, and also their migrant problems and all the people that are storming their border by floating flotillas into their beaches and and they're swept up and taken to luxury hotels while the average person born and raised in the United Kingdom, well, they have to suffer. They're the wrong background, they're the wrong color, the wrong heritage. And so we have evil that's basically taken over the entire world, of course, but the Western world in particular. But the United Kingdom is absolutely not prepared to fight in a real war with anybody. And Russia has all of their machinery all greased and fine-tuned and ready to go. The United Kingdom has basically been mothballed as far as their military. They don't have that much capability. Oh, they have a few nukes and they have some fancy high-tech things. But if it got into a slugfest, there's no way that England could last not even a week if Russia decided to get really, really tough with them. And let's not forget that Russia has that submarine, kind of a, it's a drone, that I can't remember the megatons on it, but it will cause a tsunami that's radioactive. Won't sweep over the entire island, but it'll go, it'll do enough damage that it'll make the whole country uninhabitable for maybe generations. So the British Isles are in danger of being wiped off the face of the earth as far as a place where anyone could live. And Russia knows they only have one chance at this. Only one chance to save their country. And so they are going to overdo it. If they think they need to shoot one missile, they're going to shoot ten. If they think they need to shoot ten, they're going to shoot a hundred. They're going to overdo it to make sure that they don't fail. And I think that we in the United States and the people up in Canada, we're being absolutely disrespected by our representatives who don't care anything about us as long as they have their bunker. They're going to go ahead and pick a war and let us deal with the radiation sickness and the death and the contamination. And they'll come out and wave the flag and say, that's the spirit. Go out and try to rebuild. These people need to be stopped. This war is a phony war. This war is absolutely unfounded. It shouldn't be a war. It shouldn't be happening. It's the brainchild of Obama and all of his ilk and the rest of the New World Order bunch. Has nothing to do with Ukraine. Nothing to do with Russia. 
it's kind of like if you have two tomcats, and the tomcats really don't have anything against each other. They kind of, let's say they live next door to each other, and they kind of let each other alone. Maybe once in a while they threaten each other, but they really don't do anything. Let's say that some evil-minded child comes in and puts both of these tomcats in the same cat carrier and then starts shaking the carrier, shaking it real hard. Well, of course the cats are going to fight. That's what's happening in Ukraine. There was no reason for the revolution that happened in Ukraine in 2014, except the New World Order people and the United States and the Western countries. They wanted to have a launching ground where they could launch a war so they could take Russia's resources. That's what all of this is. It's absolutely horrid. And I feel sorry for the fathers and the mothers that are burying children, all because of the greed and the lust for power of these satanic evil people. Not good, not good at all. But I'm straying away from the point I'm trying to make is that if this is for real, and I do believe it is, there's no way that we're not going to be hit. Russia has been doing way too many things to ease their conscience, to try to set things right in history. They're trying to make it to where they're not the villain. And the way they're doing it, they're naming names and places and dates. And they're documenting everything. And once it's documented, they're going out and publishing what they're finding. And they're making the Western press and the Western nations know that they know what's going on. But, of course, our governments just say, that's Russian disinformation. And our media just ignores it. But I think that it's getting very close to the time where, without warning, you're not going to hear on the radio that we're under nuclear attack. You're not going to hear it. You're going to only hear after it happened. Because when Russia does strike, and I do believe they're going to, they're going to strike hard, fast, very, very punitive. It's going to be a surprise, and most people are going to be surprised at the attack but they're going to be astonished at the severity of what is going to happen. So the people of England, if they love London, they need to back off. If the people of the United States love New York City and Washington, D.C. and Chicago and Los Angeles and our other big cities, we need to back off. Not only are large numbers of people going to die, which is the real tragic part, but we're going to have these cities that are going to be uninhabitable for years. We're going to lose them. And I have to ask all the people that are supporting this war, is supporting Putin worth it? Is supporting Zelensky worth it? You have to know that there are pawns in this, and there also things are being played. And I think that the end result is farming Russia out, dividing it up, and killing lots of people to save the planet. So they're going to blow half the planet up and, and make the planet to where nothing will grow for hundreds, if not thousands of years, depending on what kind of nukes are used and in what 
amount, that's going to save the planet. Of course, that's going to get rid of old Uncle Joe and his lawnmower. That's the real problem. So nuke him. That'll take care of it. These people are insane. We're absolutely living in insane world. And I said in my Truth to Ponder episode that coping might be the best we can hope for. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know. That's why I've been telling everyone to start really prepping. I've been going on that for a year and a half. And I know that I keep harping on the foraging. But I think that what's going to kill most people is starvation and pestilence. And if you're weak and run down and you're hungry, well, things can happen to you or you can do things that you normally wouldn't do. And your body can break down faster if you don't have all the nutrients. And the last place you want to be is in a food line or a food pantry or or being on welfare to get your food stamps. All that's going to go away. And if you say, well, the grocery stores are going to keep stocked, no, they won't. If Russia hits us as hard as they can, and believe me, they can destroy us. If they decide that that's what they're going to do, then that's what they're going to do. And your new normal is going to be survival. And if you don't have anything to survive with, well, at least you have to have some knowledge that there is food out there that you can go out and gather. Now, of course, if everything's contaminated with fallout, then that's going to change things. And if all the fish and all the game and everything is all contaminated, and then if we go into a nuclear winter where we really don't have a growing season for several years, you know, I can really paint a very, very bleak, horrible picture here. But I think it's very much a possibility with the insanity that our so-called leaders are exhibiting because they don't care. That's why I've been saying to get libraries to how-to, find out what the native people in your country and your region, what they ate, go out and identify it, find out where it is. I've been doing that a lot this spring, and I've found some wonderful varieties of wild onions, and I've found a lot of mushrooms. I'm still trying to identify them. But it seems like that there's a lot of people that think that this is going to blow over. And it's not going to blow over. Something has got to give. Either Russia will be no more, and they're the ones that give up, or the Western countries will, in a sense, be no more. We've kind of got to that point where it's either or. It's us or them. And we're putting more military bases all over the world. And when you want to look at it from a third-party type of a position, it sure seems to me like the elites of the United States are trying to take over the world. It really does seem that way. And if you say, well, we're spreading democracy, well, we're not even a democracy. We're a democratic form of government. We're a representative republic. Democracies don't work. And our founding fathers knew that full well. If you say, well, we're spreading the American way, what is the American way? To go march in a gay pride parade? 
to go take your children to Drag Queen Storytime? To let the alphabet people run everything as far as how the narrative is of what you say to them, how you can talk, what you can do? The whole American experiment that was very strong and relevant for over 200 years is broken. As a matter of fact, I think it's gone. I don't think it's even here anymore. I think what we have is a faux or fake United States. Now, I might be wrong, but I really do feel that my country doesn't exist, not the country that I grew up in. And as I recite the Pledge of Allegiance, I really hone in on the part that says, And to the Republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The under God part, they've taken God out of everything, and that's one of the reasons we're in such horrible trouble. And then the word indivisible was added later. It never used to be part of the original pledge. But they're trying to say that the United States can never ununite. They have to stay together, which absolutely is historically wrong. It's not that I want to see the United States break up. It's just that's the indoctrination that they've been doing. And they say liberty and justice for all, but... As far as I'm concerned, Hillary Clinton is never going to see any justice for what she has done and also her husband and Obama and all these Republicans that are turncoats, these rhinos. An awful lot of evil taking place right now. And the liberty and justice, you can talk about liberty to the people that were arrested after January 6th for trespassing. You know, I know I'm getting pretty jaded on a lot of things because a lot of things just don't add up anymore. And maybe it's me, but maybe it's just that I'm waking up more all the time and just seeing the way things really are. Now, I do kind of have a theme today, and my theme is going to be prepping for the big event that I think's coming. But I had to vent for a while and, and just kind of let you know what's going on, at least in my thoughts. But I'm doing my best to keep on keeping on. I'm doing my best to get my work done. I'm falling farther behind every day, but I'm trying really hard to catch up. And Maybe someday I'll catch up a day or two. That's my hope. And I know with all the propaganda and brainwashing, it's getting harder to focus. I know a lot of people have written me and they've said that they just can't focus anymore. And all of this is by design. You have to understand that these people have studied human psychology and they're using psychological operations on us every second of every day. Once you understand that, then you're on the road to your first taste of real freedom. And I hope that that's the road that you get on. Well, before I get on to the prepping, I do want to acknowledge I've been receiving lots of letters. I got a new letter from my investigative reporters and quite a big long letter and I'm going to put a show together about that and from time to time I hear from art and art always has great ideas. I think that that's one thing that we have to understand as a group. We have a lot of talent 
in the group of us that are wide awake. There's an awful lot of people that understand the dangers of the world. Now, like I'm going to mention art. Art gets it. 100% art gets it. And my investigative reporters in Missouri, they get it. 100%. And I had Karen Bond on the show, and I have to have her back again. We talked about it, but I've just been so swamped I didn't get back to her. But Karen Bond gets it. And the majority of the people that write me, they really get it. And I think a lot of people that listen to the show, they're wide awake. They get it. But we're all sitting here scratching our heads saying, okay, we understand the problems, but what are we going to do about it? And I try to base my show on at least some ideas, whether they're good ideas or not. At least it's an attempt at trying to address just what are we going to do? But I know that we can't sit back and do nothing. Now, I was raised by a father, and I'm trying not to speak ill of my father, but I am going to use him as an example. He would ignore every little problem until every little problem became a big problem. I don't know why he did that, but that's just what he did. If he owed someone 10 bucks and they'd send him a bill in the mail, well, pretty soon they'd add interest. It would be 12 bucks and then late charges and 15 And then after six months, it might be $50. He'd always let things get just totally out of hand. Then he'd get real mad that... These people want all this money for me for a $10 thing. Well, if you would have paid it when they wanted $10, it would have been a $10 thing. And my dad just never, ever quit doing that. I don't know why. It was very much a character flaw. But you can't have any inklings of that in your life, especially when it comes to prepping. Because I said this a few shows back, and it's worth repeating. You're only going to have one chance to survive this. Only one. And your chances to thrive are extremely slim. Replace fear with and depending faith. on your situation, where you live, and so forth, maybe your survival is going to be just Replace a slim chance. With hope. I do know that we have to prepare for the worst things we can possibly imagine. And the trouble with a lot of the people that listen to this show is that a lot of people that listen to this show are good people. And good people do not think and don't be afraid like bad people to do. Rely on God good people don't sit scene. around and think of ways to hurt people or swindle them. Good people don't do that. Well, unfortunately, we're dealing with people that that's what they do. They try to invent new ways to enslave us, to swindle us, to lie to us, to control us. That's their job. That's what they do. And they have no conscience. They don't care that they're doing it. To them, that's just like eating a bowl of ice cream. It's no big deal. Whereas you and me, that's foreign to us. We don't think that way. We don't wake up in the morning and say, I wonder who I can bilk out of a bunch of money today. Or I wonder who I can hurt today. We just don't do that. We wake up and wonder how productive we can be in the day. See what we can get done, get accomplished. We're all trying to build a happy, healthy life. We're busy doing that. Well, the people that are on the other side of the issue from us, they think just the opposite. They, they wake up and wonder what they can destroy. 
and see if they can come up with new ways to be destructive. And it's really hard to fight that when you don't have that mindset. And so you have to understand that, yes, people will lie to you. You have to understand that, yes, people will take your money and take advantage of you. Right now, we have more people out there that are swindling others than probably we ever have had. And you might think that the corporations want the almighty dollar so much, they want all the customers, so they do everything right, they try to treat people right. Well, right now, it's my opinion that the box stores and the big brand name stores that everyone knows because they're everywhere, they have joined the ranks of the swindlers because they're trying everything in their power to put the other people out of business. They mislead as far as prices and so forth. And I went into a large box store several years ago. I don't go into them anymore. I was buying an item for under a dollar. It's like 85 cents. Now I'm talking years ago. Well, the next time I went in to buy my 85-cent item, it had a big sign that said, Price Rollback, now $1.25. And I thought, wow, they raised the price, I believe, 45 cents, and have the audacity to tell you that you're paying less, that they rolled the price back. And that's really a common practice. And now you have all these corporations, whether they make beer or they sell dry goods or whatever, they're doing everything in their power to push social agendas. They become political. And if you listen to Truth to Ponder and you listen to my show and similar people, if you are a frequent listener to this kind of program, well, definitely you're not in the demographic that these corporations care for. And so you can't look for any help there. And so when I talk about prepping, it's not going to be that you're going to be uncomfortable for a day or a week or six months. I'm talking about prepping for a massive lifestyle change that might last for the rest of your life. Now, I think that sometime in the 1960s, we entered into a new dark age. I've thought that for years and years. And if that truly is the case, how long does an age last? A lot longer than a decade. Usually lasts longer than a century. And I think we've entered a new dark age. And I think everything that's happening really points to a very dark period in human history. And if Russia goes ahead and pushes the button, or if the West beats them to it, that's going to usher in a dark age that is going to be the worst that mankind's ever seen. And so when I'm talking about prepping, it's the reason I talk about foraging and doing things with your own hands, is that I think that you're going to be forced to do that. I honestly do. And if you take the time to listen to my rants and listen to my show, then I want you to get some value for the time that you're spending, and I do appreciate your listening. But I want to give you something that's truly of value. And growing up, I heard all sorts of stories about the Great Depression. And my grandparents raised children during the Great Depression, and my parents were children of the Great Depression. And I talked to an awful lot of old people when I was a kid that the only way they survived the Depression wasn't standing in bread lines or soup kitchens. 
It was going out and catching fish and rabbits and foraging. A lot of people had large families back then. And when mom and dad didn't have enough money to even feed themselves, and they had seven or eight kids, well, things got pretty bleak around the table really fast. And so the people back then, they were different than today. Back then, they would get together and help each other out. And they would go to some of the larger farms, and they would do what was called gleaning. And after the farmer would harvest the crop, especially corn, the gleaners would ask if they could go glean the field. And they would give 50% to the owner of the field, and then they would keep 50% for their gleaning. And if it was dried corn, they would end up with enough dried corn that they could eat that for six months just off of gleaning one field. And so there are things that people are going to have to do. If you're not the type that likes to get your hands dirty, well, guess what? You better at least come to terms with the fact that getting your hands dirty might be the difference between you surviving and not surviving. And the people that say, well, I'm really not interested in learning how to do, and then fill in the blank. Well, my advice is you better get interested in survival. And you better get interested in learning how to do all sorts of things with your hands. Learn how to sew. Learn how to cook. Learn how to weld. Learn carpentry. Everything that you may not know anything about, you need to have a working knowledge of it. You don't have to be an expert. If you have a working knowledge how to fix your house or fix your car or build a part that you might need, and then, of course, I think it's time for all good people to really stick together. And if you have people in your circle of friends that know how to do plumbing or welding or roofing or what have you, if they're professionals as far as construction and building things, well, it's time to find out what they need, what their skill set that they're lacking. Maybe their bookkeeping isn't very good. Maybe they're out working so hard that they don't get good meals at night. Maybe you can take someone else's skill set and give them your skill set and help them out and they can help you out. And of course, I've mentioned many times about bartering. I think that you're going to have to have things that are worth bartering, things of value. And I think the simple things like lighters and matches and kerosene lamps and things like that just might be the perfect thing to barter with just depending on if and when things get as bad as I think that they're going to get. But the only trouble is of stocking up on things to barter, and if nothing happens, you're going to get stuck with an awful lot of things that you're never going to use at all. If you stock enough of it, you'll never use it all. Like if you stock up a bunch of lighters, they'll go bad before you can get rid of them. So I'm not telling you to go spend a bunch of money and get things to barter with. But I think you need to really start thinking in that direction. I think that if we have the right headspace about everything, bartering, gardening, prepping, just the whole thing, if we have the right headspace, then we're going to make better decisions when we have to make those decisions. And speaking of decisions, I have a lot of decisions I have to make. And a lot of things are going to come down to my finances and also if I actually have time to do what I think I need to do. And in my case, if I devote everything to prepping like I would like to, then my hay business is going to suffer. And also my broadcasting and podcasting will suffer. And so I'm trying to balance things. 
And I really think that that's one thing that we need to do is keep everything in balance. And when I say you need to be prepping and need to learn this and that and the other, well, do it in balance. Don't overdo one thing and neglect the next. So you're going to have to do everything in baby steps and everything's going to have to be done just like you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. And the hard part is not stressing about the things that you're not getting done. As long as it's on your radar, as long as you have your head around it and you have the right headspace, then when you do get time to do it, you will have thought it through better and you'll do a better job and it'll probably be more worthwhile. But with that said, I think that you need to devote several minutes, if not an hour or two, every day to prepping. Whether it be just researching and finding out what's out there, as far as food and shelter and things you're going to need, and also learning how to forage and garden and everything else that you're going to need to have as far as skill sets. But I have a feeling that it's going to come down to whether a person is deemed as being just a useless eater or someone who's an asset. And I really don't like to use that term, useless eater, because that's what the elite thinks of you and me anyway. But you're going to have to understand that if your family is to survive, your family as a whole is going to have to be a team. You can't have a child or two that feels too entitled to get their hands dirty, or they don't like to garden, or they don't want to do this. I think we're fast approaching a time where that's not going to be an option. That's where I think we need to get our plans together as far as giving everyone a job to do and training them to do that job. And I know for a fact that families that can work together, families that are on the same page mentally as far as getting their head around this, are going to survive at a much higher rate than the lone wolves out there. And unfortunately, I have quite a few people who are listeners to the show who are lone wolves. Their families are not on board. Their friends and neighbors and their acquaintances think they're kooky because, because they're prepping and they're looking at the world through, I think, the correct lenses. Whereas most people have rose-colored glasses on. And they're looking for rainbows and silver linings, which I think you have to look for, or else you'll go nuts. But if that's all you look for, then you won't see the wolf come in the door. So we have to look for our silver linings, but we also have to look for our wolves. And let's not forget for one second who our true adversary is, and that's Satan. He's the father of the lie, and he's good at it. And he's good at steering people wrong. And he's good at just destroying. And so we're dealing with an evil on this world right now that is hard for good people to comprehend. You have to realize that no matter how ill-prepared you feel that you are, you're not alone. There are so many people out there that are good people who are frustrated. They really don't know which way to turn. And so, like my dad, who did nothing when he got to that kind of a point, if you do nothing, then you can expect nothing, because you're going to get run over. And like I used to tell my dad, do something, even if it's wrong, 
Come up with a plan and at least do something. You have to act. And I'm telling you right now that it's time for you to get into action as far as getting your own self together and getting people on board in your family and as best you can. You have to finalize your plans because you can't finalize plans in a crisis. And when I say plans, I mean you need to have plan A, B, C, D, and go as many layers as you possibly can. Because we're in uncharted territory here. I think it's going to get bad, but don't know how bad. Or for how long. I don't know how people are going to react. I don't know what the governments are going to do. I don't know what the militaries are going to do. I don't know what our neighbors are going to do. I don't know what your family's going to do. And you don't know either. And so everything is a gigantic wild card. But I know that if all you think about every day is prepping and survival and all this evil, well, that's going to take away from your real life that you have right now that you're living. And so I have to go back to that word, balance. When it's time to unplug from the prepping and just kick back and and enjoy somebody or an animal or a good book or what have you, then you're going to have to do that. Unplug and detox. Because the things I've been talking about on the show lately have been extremely toxic. And I know I say this quite often, but I really don't want to talk about what I'm talking about. I really don't. You see, I'm like you. I have a lot of plans, a lot of directions that I'm trying to head my life, a lot of things I want to do. And none of it is helped by me having to take time away from my goals and my plans to prep. And to prep for what and for how long? So many unknowns here. And it really does bother me that I'm taking so much time and effort and money and putting it in places that normally I wouldn't in a million years even go to those places in my mind. And so there is a happy medium here. And you have to be a good judge of just how bad things are going to get. You're going to have to really take the pulse of your neighborhood and your, of your town and your state and your area and then ask yourself what would happen if things get really bad and out of hand. And you have to prep for that. And just like I think that there's going to be a lot of overkill as far as when Russia does react, I think we have to have pretty much the same type of overkill on our survival techniques and our prepping and the things we're putting back as far as storage. But again, that's time and money and thought and things that you that you really weren't planning on having to spend that much time. And I know a lot of people who have totally unplugged and they say, well, if it happens, it happens. I don't want to live in a world like that anyway. And while I do understand that whole mindset, I don't agree with it. Because we don't want to leave this world to the quote-unquote elites, these people that are causing the problem in the first place. They have to be defeated, even if them being defeated means that they fail and they don't kill us all. That's a defeat for them. And no, I'm not saying go out and fight anybody. I'm just saying that they have goals for you as well as you have goals for you. And your goals for you is to 
have a nice, happy life. And their goal for you is total destruction. And when you get your head around that and know that there are entities that are working towards your personal destruction because you fit into the demographic, which is generally human, that they are totally against, except for them. But, of course, I think most of these people have God complexes. I really do. But I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. I'm going to stand up to these people and fight the good fight. And I know an awful lot of my listeners are going to do the same. I just wish none of this was happening. But since it is, we have to prepare. And it seems to me that the what that we're preparing for is getting more obvious by the day. That's going to be nuclear fallout, contamination, water and food shortages, chaos and civil unrest. And I know a lot of people think that China and or Russia is going to invade the United States. And that sure could happen. I don't think it's going to, but we have a wide open southern border and we sure have an awful lot of military age young men crossing the border. And a lot of them happen to be Chinese. And so you have to put 2 plus 2, and when it equals 4, well, it probably means what you think it means. When you look at all the videos of all the quote-unquote migrants that came out of Africa and the Middle East that are walking all over Europe right now, thousands of them have these great big long lines, and all of them seem to be male, and all of them are military age. And when you think of migrants, you think of families. You think of mom and dad and the kids trying to find a new place for a better life. You don't think of a bunch of 19 to 26-year-old young men coming in in huge groups all over the Western world. And of course, have you noticed it's only the Western world where this is happening? And so we're in for it. And I'm afraid that when it does hit the fan, it's going to be a chain reaction. It's going to be like dominoes falling. Boom, 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 boom. And that's why I think you have to be totally prepped now, mentally, physically, spiritually. Because when it goes boom, 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 and everyone is panicking, that's where you have to be level-headed, is when everyone else is panicking. Because panic doesn't do anybody any good. And I know a lot of people are going to be in shock, including me. I know I talk like I'm really prepared for all this to happen. But truly, can anyone prepare for literal hell to be unleashed on this world? I know that it's going to absolutely throw us into a horrible tailspin, no matter how well prepared we are. That's why we have to have our systems in place. We have to have our jobs well-defined in our families, and if you're like me and you're by yourself, well, I can think of some good things about that, that I'll be able to be really quick with my decisions, and I'm going to be able to act on them immediately. But I do have friends and also family that I am going to do everything I can to help them. But I just wonder how much help we as individuals can be when the world stage is basically on fire. It's going to be really tough. But I think that if we rely on our faith, 
and trust Almighty God and focus there, I think that is going to be the best thing we can do. Now, I know this show, I haven't got into a lot of specifics on prepping. It's more of a philosophy type of a show today. But you have to understand that you're not alone, that there's others like you that hopefully we can get together. And I know that we get together every time that you listen to this show. Of course, the conversation's always one-sided. That's why I really hope that I'm reaching the right people with the right message. Because I take what I do extremely serious. I don't take myself serious at all. But I take what God has put on my heart to do extremely serious. And I want each and every one of you to have a wonderful life. I wish this wasn't happening for you and me and everyone else. But unfortunately it is. So I'm not planning on going anywhere. I'm going to stand at the gate and be a watchman. But I'm not just going to watch. I'm going to warn and I'm going to inform. I really do appreciate you listening today. And I ask that you would consider donating to this program. Because donations from my listeners are the only thing that keeps this show on the air. And I know donations are a little bit down because of the economy. But if you could send a few dollars, that would be absolutely wonderful. I would appreciate it more than you could ever possibly imagine. I would love to expand the outreach of this show if I can. But of course, that is going to take financing. So I ask for my listeners to please donate. And I take checks, money orders, and cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. I really do appreciate it. Stay strong out there, guys. Stay extremely strong. Do not let all the things that are trying to take you down don't let it happen don't let it take you down stay extremely strong and resolute and until next time be safe be brave keep your powder dry but most important of all replace fear with faith this is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.